San Diego's talk radio leader, 760 KFMB presents It's Your Money and Your Life. For the next hour, Richard Musio and Joe Vecchio will educate and inform you on matters related to your financial future, your life, and your leisure. Now, with It's Your Money and Your Life, here are Richard and Joe. All right, good evening, everybody. My name is Joe Vecchio, your co-host, announcer, and producer, coming to you from KFMB Studios with 50,000 watts of power. We're here not just in San Diego County, but Orange County, L.A. County, up the coast of Seattle on a good night, down to Cabo, out to the desert. If you download the app for 760 KFMB, you can hear us on any device you own. And these uh, all these podcasts are on iymoney.com, commercial free. And we are free on iTunes if you search the title of the show. And now time to introduce the main man of the hour. He's a CPA extraordinaire. He's a best-selling author. He's a lecturer. He's a philanthropist. He is a family office expert advising several high net worth families, all around good guy, Richard Musio. How are you tonight? I'm doing great, Joe. How was your Christmas? Well, it was very nice and quiet, and I'm glad you asked. Uh, Mine was good. I always get new underwear and socks, <laughs> which is what I desperately need by the end of any given year. Guess what I got? It was time to shop. I, I got a space heater. <laughs> good. Heat up your space. You know, this, you know what? Those little things are great. You don't have to you know, turn on all right. the heat all over, and uh, yeah. it's a good idea. A little oscillator, oscillating space, uh, space heater. Space cool. Heater. But uh, anyway, yeah. One thing. It's uh, hard to say, an oscillating <laughs> space heater. Hey. Just a consumer alert. You know, uh, the other day I was uh, shopping from Sriracha. Some friend told me I should get the authentic one because I was getting yeah. a, this other one at the other store. Well, next to that bottle was this little chili garlic sauce. And I said, you know, there's not as much sugar in this one. Let me get this. Use that very sparingly, folks. Oh, my God. You know? <laughs> You're Italian. You're supposed a, to handle spicy. Oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. But anyway, if you need to lose weight, you know, I, that's one way to do it. But uh, <laughs> take up jogging instead. So anyway, with that. We, we got two guests, so let's <laughs> let it rip, so to speak. Okay, why, yeah, not? why uh, not? Well, the first guest we have today is a uh, pretty well-known consultant. He's an entrepreneur, a speaker, an author. He's a coach. He lives in Carlsbad, and his name is Larry Kesslin. Larry, welcome to our show. Thank you, Joe. Great to be here. Yeah. And by the way, Joe, I should mention, Larry came through Courtney Lover, our great website maintainer with PopX Graphics. Absolutely. I think she works on uh, Larry's website for yes, that matter. Does. So, cool. So outstanding. Well, Larry, we've got your book, Success Redefined. Uh, your website is what again? SuccessRedefined.com is my business website, and my personal blog is at LarryKesslin.com. K-E-S-S-L-I-N. So, yes, well, sir. great. Well, tell us about yourself. Well, where were you born and raised, and how did you find your way to San Diego? Maybe give us a little bit of your uh, educational and, and uh, professional background. Um, born in New York mm -hmm. uh, back a uh, long time ago. Um, just turned 52 in September. So That's young. Yeah, I'm a baby. <laughs> uh, just finished the first half century, but... No, I was born in New York, lived most of my life up until about five years ago in the New York, New Jersey area. Mm -hmm. uh, went to Rutgers, graduated with a degree in electrical engineering, huh. went into corporate America, as most good people do. And mm -hmm. after eight years, I uh, did a week with uh, 85 inner city kids in Colorado. Mm. And that experience as a volunteer changed the trajectory of my career. What year was that? That was in 1993. Huh. And uh, I spent a week with these kids, and at the last day, I was standing in this hallway, uh, entering this large gymnasium where the kids were just totally engaged with each other. And I'm standing there. It was pretty cold. I can remember the feeling. I, I could see my breath. I could smell the wood-burning fireplaces. We're in Aspen, Colorado. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I kind of started thinking. I saw these kids. They were so engaged. They were having a great time. And I was there. I was like 29 years old. 
working for the number one company in the world. I was working for the General Electric Company. Doing engineering type work? I was actually a sales engineer. Mm -hmm. I was a regional manager for nine distributors on the East Coast. Hmm. And I had the right degree. Uh, I grew up in the right neighborhoods, went to the right school, and I was empty. I was spending my time going to work every day. You had an epiphany. I had an epiphany. And I realized that life was more than just going to work every day. I spent all my time on the side volunteering to feel good about my life when mm -hmm. I was working every day just to make money. So I got back a couple of days later. Um, after I got back, I quit my job. Well, boy, at least you had the grit and determination. A lot of people. So, so have, you, have you been unemployed now for 23 years? I have been unemployed. <laughs> I haven't had a job. Since uh, April fifteenth of nineteen ninety three, and it's enjoyed every and enjoyed every minute. Of <laughs> I it, have right? had an amazing opportunity. I mean, we've literally just since that time have had some amazing opportunities to travel the world, Isn't that to something? see some amazing things. Well, at least you had the guts to 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 make a change because you knew uh, where where you were. You weren't happy where you were, and you found something more fulfilling. And so many people, Richard, don't they get stuck in some high power careers that uh, they get? Yeah, they burned. get stuck in a career. They do that for their whole life. They then get, they retire. Then they die. They get burned. Yeah. and they yeah. get burned out. A lot of them, uh, you know, don't need. Yeah, it's, it's just, just the American dream, folks. Yeah. It is. But Larry, uh, before we get to the book, <laughs> you you just not too recently finished a rather lengthy trip, didn't you? Yeah, we've taken two massive trips in the last three years. Uh, back in 2012, we spent a month in Africa, in Uganda and Kenya, bringing computers to rural villages. Hmm. That kind of totally changed the trajectory of my life again. And then in January of this year, we took our kids out of school. They're 15 and 13. And we traveled for a semester. So our mm -hmm. kids were homeschooled. And we spent seven weeks in Australia. Then we spent a few days in Dubai. Um, and then we spent three and a half months traveling around Europe, and we got them to experience things that most kids their age would never experience. Have your kids been homeschooled all through their grades? No, not at all. Oh, and just, they, just they are so social, they have mm -hmm. no desire to be homeschooled yeah. anymore. But um, it was great for one semester. Well, I think if you can balance that uh, well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with home. I mean, all these kids that are winning the spelling bees every year are homeschooled. So uh, if, if they're, I, I don't, you know, there's, we should do a show on that, Richard. We will someday. You know, one of my three kids, uh, my middle, middle child, my older daughter, Mia, was homeschooled mm -hmm. from sixth grade through when she graduated high school a year early at the age of 16. Mm -hmm. Everybody's different. I mean, yeah. our kids like the environment of school. My daughter's 15 years old now and doing speech and debate and doing, I'd love her to become a speaker. She's just very passionate and mm -hmm. very insightful. But it was a great experience. She spent our 15th birthday at the Vatican. Mm -hmm. Really? And uh, if you ever get to that area of the world, the gelato in, a, in Italy was probably <laughs> the highlight of the entire trip. Yeah. And there was a place outside the Vatican called Old Bridge that was mm -hmm. just the best gelato I've ever had in my life. My niece, by the way, Richard, uh, worked uh, in the Vatican for one summer with uh, the prior pope, and now I think she's in the Archdiocese of Chicago working for uh, the Vatican there. So. Cool. In the spirit of full disclosure, I have a cousin who is a nun in Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, the hills are alive. <laughs> so, uh, was it was it hard for your kids, uh, Larry, to di to disconnect from their their social network for that long? That is a really good question because my daughter's first speech and speech and debate was all about her trip. Mm -hmm. And the first thing she said is her first two weeks, she was in Instagram depression, watching all of her friends go to formal and do all this stuff. And until she became present and started enjoying where she was versus worrying about where she wasn't, mm -hmm. that was a really interesting experience. Um, for me, um, I shut down a business after 19 years and didn't plan on it. We planned the trip for about a year. And when I started the trip planning, I was running a very successful business with a partner in New York. 
Was, and, that, was that consulting also, or what was that? Yeah, we were doing coaching and peer group work for companies hmm. that resold technology in the IT industry. Hmm. Okay. And I had a business partner that we had been together for a very long time. We had a really good team. And I got to the point where 80% of my clients cared about one thing, which was making more money for themselves. And my business partner and a couple of my top resources were very money motivated. And I got to a point, especially after I got back from Africa, where money was no longer my motivator at all. Mm. Now, I like nice things, and don't get me wrong, I love living in San Diego, and I need to make a living. But I've decided I'd rather make a living by helping people make the world a better place than just creating a better financial reward for themselves. Boy, that's a win-win right there, huh, Richard? That's great. Yeah, well, you know, we've talked about similar, con- you know, Sherry Arison's doing good model, mm-hmm. very similar. But, you know, you make an interesting point. I, th- I think a lot of kids and adults are disconnected because of technology. They, sim- they simply aren't present. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that the truth? I my, mean. Uh, <laughs> the, the TEDx talk I did at SDSU was titled The Disconnected Connected World, mm-hmm. which is all about, I think, the more connected we become technologically, the more emotionally and spiritually disconnected we right. become. And that's, that's what I learned when I was in Africa. If there was any one big takeaway, everybody asked me, traveled a lot of places, been to Central America, been to Asia, been to most of the continents. Um, and the question people ask is, what is the difference in those cultures? And the book that I wrote, Success Redefined, is all about what I've learned. The one, somebody asked me before, do you think you know a lot? I, I learned one really important lesson for me. Mm-hmm. And that lesson is pretty fundamental, that Maslow and his creation of the hierarchy of needs mm-hmm. created his foundation as survival, food, water, and shelter. My contention is when I went to Africa that those people that I met were so connected to each other. They were so intimately connected as human beings that my instinct told me they were connected around this thing called survival. Mm -hmm. And I believe that Maslow knew that survival was not only our greatest human instinct as an animal on this planet, it's also our greatest human purpose. So if you think about that, if survival is a purpose, then the foundation of Maslow's hierarchy is actually purpose. Master survival. And for the first time, 75 years after Maslow created his hierarchy of needs, you have this time in in history where a huge percentage of our population is beyond survival. Mm -hmm. So they no longer have an instinctive purpose. And the only place that purpose really shows up again on Maslow's hierarchy where he says it's an aspirational need is our own purpose. And my contention is the reason that we need to find our own purpose is not for the sake of purpose. It's to go find others that have shared common purpose. Mm. And that's what I found in Africa. And that's what I've come back and said, I want to build that in my life. I want to build that in every aspect of my life, from my friends, my work experience, everything. And I'm not going to make my money in one place to go do good someplace else. I'm an entrepreneur. I've been able to reinvent myself before. Why not just reinvent myself in a way that says everything I do is with those that have shared common purpose? Hmm. Boy, that's profound. And <laughs> that's as bu- the greatest statement as, as I've heard from any guests, huh, Richard? Hey, we're going to come right back. We'll take a little break. But it's all in the book, which we're going to talk about when yeah. we come back. Yeah, we'll be back with Larry Kesslin right after these announcements. Hang on. All right. We are back getting smart with Larry Kesslin, entrepreneur, coach, consultant, and all that good stuff. Love that song, Richard, don't you? Well, I'm a huge <laughs> Get Smart fan. <laughs> Well, Larry, what are, you're going to continue enlightening us. Uh, you left off with, uh, with a really nice statement about purpose. And but, Larry, I'm curious, wh- wh- when did the book start formulating in your mind? Um, I started the book back in 2009, 2008, okay. under the title, When Wants Become Needs. 
Mm, And the whole concept was, as a culture, I believe that we've confused wants for needs. Mm -hmm. And that when I say I need a bigger house, I need a better job, I need a smarter kid, I need a prettier wife, whatever I say I need, then your happiness, I believe, is dependent on getting your needs met. Mm. And then I got asked to do a TEDx talk at SDSU, and I said, I'm going to do this thing around wants versus needs. And I started writing multiple versions of the speech. I hired a speech coach, and I came to the conclusion that it wasn't around wants or needs at all. It was deeper than that. Mm-hmm. And I tied it to my experience in Africa about purpose. And it was at the end of the day, it wasn't even about purpose. It was about connection. Community, right? It's about shared yeah. purpose and community and finding others that you want to spend time with. As a culture, I believe that we have been taught to connect intellectually and that we've been taught to monetize our skill sets. Mm-hmm. And what I want people to understand is that we can connect emotionally and spiritually and that's a lot easier when you have purpose in your life. And that we should learn to monetize our reason for being versus monetizing our skill sets. Mm-hmm. Which, which uh, you know, I've always been a little bit, um, oh, the term social media. Sure. You, you know, you're meeting all these. And I, we all have friends on Facebook that yep. we don't, we've never met. So <laughs> to perfect. call them friends, I don't know. But, I mean, to me, it's a, it's, it's a cyber meeting place. But I think what you're talking about, I mean, you have to do things in groups or, you know, to really get the, the – which is why I guess churches are so popular. Um, I just saw on the news today the Rock, the rock Church just, you know, built another facility. People need that, uh, that human, human bonding because you're right. We do have adequate food, sh- shelter, and clothing, you know, so this, we're going to survive. And matter of fact, we may be surviving too long with all the miracles of medicine today. But, um, you know, really, you know, there's a, another newscaster in town. Uh, she... She um, reached out to to the community to uh, donate blankets and, and and some things for the homeless, and it turned out to be a great success. I mean, those things are fulfilling, right? I mean, there's there's no money in it for her, but uh, uh, you know, it's just great to hear something like that going on. It's but it's the, all amazing stuff when you realize that we are here to be part of something greater than ourselves. Mm-hmm. So this whole idea of success redefined my original definition of success, which I created in 1992 before I left GE was the ability to do what I want whenever I wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. So entrepreneurship was the obvious journey for me to have the f- mm-hmm. freedom to live my life. But I've evolved my, my definition. When I got back from Africa, I kind of stood in JFK Airport, and I kind of said to myself, I'm done with success. My definition of success, I'm complete. I've finished my definition, and it's time to be significant. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you three years later that I've realized that success without significance isn't really success at all. Mm-hmm. So my definition of success now, my redefined piece from from my perspective is to be part of something greater than myself so the ability to do what i want whenever i want to do it while being part of something greater than myself is my new definition for success and and your point before about connection there's this chapter in the book called the connectedness Mm -hmm. continuum which i believe addresses the fact that as a culture we connect at five different levels and there's Mm -hmm. an image in there the outer level is what i call surface-based connection so that is facebook friends or linkedin connect connections mm-hmm. not people you really know inside of that that's the page right there is mm-hmm. uh, community-based connections are people that are interested in things that you're interested in mm-hmm. so that's where sports fans live you're you're a padres fan you're a chargers fan yeah, we're in this town we're all united in our suffering yes. <laughs> but, but, but you connect at that level and it's a group of people that have a shared interest mm-hmm. inside of that is a relationship-based connection which is to another human being mm-hmm. one-to-one and that's the third level. Inside of that is a relationship to yourself, mm-hmm. which as a culture, I don't think we do self very well. 
But the better you are understanding yourself, the better you are in relationship, and the better you are in the community. But inside of self is our true reason for being. And I want to take religion out of it for a second, and I say some people's cause is their religion. But I think for all of us, we all have a unique reason for being here. And for me, my journey is to figure out what that is. And I think the closer you are to your purpose, your true purpose, and the more you meet others that have shared purpose that is their true purpose, mm -hmm. I think that's where the deepest connections come. But what, but what if someone just wants to be an artist or sure. raise orchids and have very little connection? I mean, everyone has a, has a, a, you know, a varying degree of how connected they need or how big their social circle Agreed. needs to be. Emily Dickinson could sit in an attic and write great books. I mean, mm -hmm. who am I to say you know, that that's not a fulfilling life if she's getting right? I mean, I, I've had this question. I've asked this question. I said, what percent? I want to do a survey. I've, I probably would love to find a research company that said, if you walked up to people, I believe that they need to be connected to one of three or four things. They need to be connected to another human being, or they need to be connected to their music, their art, or to the, or to the earth. I think there are people that they need connection, but that connection needs to be tied to their purpose. Mm -hmm. I think that we separate purpose from connection, and together, so the writer that I worked with on the book, she said, connection and purpose is like hydrogen and oxygen. Mm -hmm. Together, they're really important elements individually, but they're not water. Mm -hmm. And to me, purpose plus connection equals joy. Mm -hmm. And that's what joy is to me, is when you spend time with others that have shared common purpose. So, so Larry, question. Sure. Uh, you and I reside in the same high school district. My kids are already out. Yours are still in. Yes. There, there's sort of this um, social pressure to have kids take the right courses so they can go to the right colleges, so they can have the right careers um, in, in our community. Um, how, how do you get this message down to younger people? Because um, I, I think we're sending a lot of people in directions where ultimately they're not going to feel fulfilled. Just my personal opinion, even uh, though they might be wealthy. What do you think of this? Just what do you think? Just the whole volunteer, volunteer for a ver yeah. variety of causes and things, right? Outside. Well, I'll give you two two cases. So mm -hmm. first of all, my daughter's answer when you ask her what she wants to be when she grows up, mm -hmm. her answer is to be happy. Right. So we're we're beyond that conversation of what are you going to be when you grow up. Right. Um, but I'm saying there's to, many many kids who to that wouldn't point, answer that question. To that, that to that exact point, uh, I think I read something the other day that said you shouldn't ask kids what do you want to be. You should say what problems do you want to solve, cool. and and then yeah. that, that there are better that, questions get better answers. Yeah. But mm -hmm. to your point, I think that kids today, that's why we pulled them out of the school system for us. Mm -hmm. I mean, I wanted to get them out for a year. We ended up doing it for six months, and to me, it was an opportunity. I, at 15 and 13, my kids don't know much, mm -hmm. and their friends know less. Right. So they're spending all their time and all their influences with people that are unaware, but they're growing. They're learning what they're supposed to learn. And I had six months of uninterrupted time with our kids mm -hmm. to plant really important seeds. So what grades were they in when they made these trips? Uh, they were second half of seventh grade and second half of ninth Boy, grade. Boy, I wish I took a year off in seventh grade. <laughs> Did you get any So, so do your teachers, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was high school, Richard. Okay. But well, that's another show. <laughs> the teachers? Um, we actually had to change a um, whole long story, but right. it worked out really, really well. Mm -hmm. The kids have adjusted amazingly well. My 13-year-old son wished he was home. He just wanted to play sports and be mm -hmm. with his friends. Um, oh, that's but, cool. But that's, we saw some amazing stuff. Yeah, what a cool experience. I think it was that's amazing. priceless. Those kids will remember that their whole lives. Yeah, so. they will. My so daughter you, changed her life. Your book debuted on what date? Uh, November 13th was the first date it was available it's on about a month and a half ago. Okay. Yeah. And it's available on Amazon. And it's just, it's a story. It's a two-hour read that everybody who's read it says, Larry, it made me think. Mm -hmm. And that's all I want it to do is to make you think about why do you do what you do every day? Why do you wake up in the morning? What is your reason for being?
And if you actually thought about it, if you're successful, so I'll give you the epiphany that kind of put me on this trajectory a year and a half ago, and this is how my book got um, titled the book it is mm -hmm. today. I was in Nicaragua twice. Right after I did my TEDx talk last January, I went to do a project with these social entrepreneurs. And the guy who founded the organization in Nicaragua also had a for-profit business. And he invited me back down in June to do a workshop for a dozen really successful entrepreneurs. And at the end of that two-day workshop, I'm standing with these guys, and, and they all looked at each other, and they were like, oh, my God, we need to change their, our country. And in that moment, I looked at them all, and I said, oh, my God, thank you. And they said, thank you for what? I said, thank you. I've spent the last seven years trying to help unsuccessful, socially-minded people be successful. And what I really need to be doing is helping people that are successful be more socially minded. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's success redefined is I want right. to help people that know how to get stuff done, do stuff that matters or that creates a world better than the one we live in today. Boy, Larry, that is really, really great. We're going to come up on our break right now. But Larry Kesslin, uh, author of, <clears throat> excuse me, Success uh, Redefined at successredefined.com. Also, his website's under his name. But uh, thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Thanks, Larry. Gratitude is good, folks. And we'll be right back after new sports and weather. Hang on. My pleasure. <laughs> All right, we're back for the second half of the award-winning It's Your Money and Your Life, and this is the time where Richard thanks our sponsors. Big thank you as always, UBS. We could not do this show without UBS. Michael Caronta and Drew Friedis. Also, our favorite CPAs on the planet getting ready for next year, tax season. I guess tax season never ends. Jason Kruger with Signature Analytics. He actually doesn't do taxes. He is by far and away the best CFO service here on the West Coast with five locations all across the West Coast. Also, Polito Epic CPAs, Don Epic, Paul Polito, CPAs up in San Marcos. Paul Polito, of course, was a recent Advisor of the Year Award winner here in San Diego. Carl Sheeler with Berkeley Research Group, just back from Costa Rica. A nice little trip. Berkeley Research Group is by far and away the best business valuation firm I've ever run into. Carl helps business owners understand the risks that drive the values of their businesses. If you reduce risk, you increase value. Joel Gruskin with Cost Segregation Initiatives just had his partner in town recently, Kurt Gotro. They help real estate owners improve their cash flow. Now, with all this money you make from Joel and Carl, how about Geiger Law Offices? Brenda Geiger, specializing in asset protection and estate planning. Hub International, also known as Mars Maddox Insurance, a great employee benefits firm here in town. The LG Experience and the Lombardi Group, making heroes out of wealth advisors by helping those wealth advisors make heroes out of CPAs to the CPA's very best clients. We have a big event coming up in San Diego in May. More on that later. And last but not least, also a recent guest, Paul Hines, who is the CEO of Hearthstone Private Wealth Management. Paul also heads up the SeniorSafeAndSound.org initiative here in San Diego, helping to prevent elder abuse. So some great sponsors, and I also mentioned Courtney Lover with PopTex Graphics, who maintains our great website where our listeners can find out all kinds of cool things, right, Joe? Absolutely. Oh, you know what? I forgot California Republic Bank. Uh-oh, don't I forget I can't forget them. people. California Republic Bank, Lane Elliott, Sean Puckett, really cool niche market bank serving wealthy families and family offices, have a location here in UTC, also in Orange County, and also north of there as we head towards Los Angeles. So big thank you to California Republic Bank and Sean and Lane. And now, Joe, you can tell our listeners where... 
Well, they if they want to find out anything about our sponsors or contact information or anything at all, get your cursors over to iymoney.com, and there's a drop-down menu there under sponsors, and you can find out anything you need to know to get in touch when, and take advantage of all their talent and skills. I know they've been working with Richard for many, many years with great success, right, In some Richard? cases, over 30 years. Yes, and, and also I might add, we have a uh, guest, a former guest uh, tab, and I know our guest from today's show will be on there as well. You could find any guest by, alphabetically by their last name, so if you want to find Irwin Jacobs, Don Rickles, Billie Jean King, Jim Lampley, Dick Enberg, on and on and on. They're all there, and along with our I, I thought we had them listed by Italian and not Italian, <laughs> because we had yet another Italian guest on the show. Mod on. Don't we ever. But <laughs> don't we ever. <laughs> do we ever. Anyway, the guest, for, this is a very nice segue from, from Larry, because uh, it's all about social responsibility. I told you these two fit. Yeah, so it's a wonderful show. So we have with us, um, uh, there's a group that uh, helps out corporations with social responsibility, and uh, they facilitate those needs for these companies and, and uh, engage them in strategy. Etc. And we have the president of the Via Nova Group himself, Frank Scarpacci. Frank, welcome to our show. Thank you. It's great to be here. But Frank, briefly before we talk about what you do, again, like Larry did, a little bit of background: where you're born, where you went to school, how you wound up here. Sure. Um, I'm from Massachusetts. Um, I, uh, yeah, I was born and raised in Massachusetts. I came here to San Diego in 1997. Um, the majority of my career actually was in travel. Um, I started in the early 80s. In fact, I worked for American Express Travel hmm. in one of their travel offices, Wellesley, Massachusetts. And um, I don't know if some of your listeners may be familiar with uh, this cause marketing campaign that they launched, the Statue of Liberty Restoration mm -hmm. Project. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember being really intrigued by that. And that was kind of the first was time it? I sort of noticed that, oh, this is a great way for a Who was the guy, really the, the car, uh, Lee Iacocca, wasn't he one of the principals behind no, that? Carl Malden. Carl, Carl Malden? Yeah. Their, yeah. I thought so. Lee Iacocca had something to do with the uh, Ellis Island project. But anyway. Yeah. So I spent the majority of my career in travel. And then at one point, I was uh, managing a uh, travel office for, for the company. And they really encouraged us to be good corporate citizens. I mean, that was one of our values as a company. Hmm. So I started to... Which company you know, was this again? American Express. Okay. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> you know, got my employees involved in volunteer programs and volunteer projects and helped with, you know, donating trips to help raise money and so on and so forth. Oh, right. Carl Morton, what will you do? What will you do? Right, right. Okay. <laughs> right. This is, you know, this was in the 90s when this was something that was kind of new for companies. And um, I started to make the connection between you know, these types of programs and how they're having an impact, not only on us as far as, you know, uh, business, but how it was changing my employees and my coworkers mm. and how they sort of, you know, blossomed um, through these, you know, through these activities. So it was mm -hmm. definitely a win-win there. Mm -hmm. But again, back then, nobody was really focusing on this. This was something sort of new for companies. And um, it was always done in addition to your job. Mm -hmm. mm. You know, so fast forward, I left the company uh, 10 years ago, and I decided, well, what do I want to be when I grow up? I want mm -hmm. to consult. I want to help. I want to, you know. And how'd you what find did I way, enjoy the how'd most? How did you find your way to San Diego, though? Oh, I, I came here on a business trip mm -hmm. in 1998, and I knew that I was going to end up living here. I was a city guy. I lived in the city. <laughs> how many Boston, times have we heard this, Joe? But it was sort of like, I think I'm going to end up living here. And, of course, a year later, I ended up. Yeah, moving out here. Uh, I, I came out at age 22 for a two-week vacation and never went back. Sure, never went. <laughs> yeah, but he's yeah. still on vacation, as our listeners know. So being in the travel industry, I was able to you know travel back and forth, so it wasn't that much of an adjustment. But um, yeah, I fell in love with San Diego. I just yeah, I've been very happy here. So how long has Via Nova been around? Ten years. Mm -hmm. uh, ten years last month, actually. Oh, happy anniversary! Yeah, thank you. And um, when I kind of figured out what I wanted to consult in, I really wanted to help businesses improve their social and environmental um, impact. But of course. 
back 10 years ago when I told people what I did, they'd pat me on the head and say, oh, that's nice of you, Frank. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have fun with that. Well, yeah. I see you're a certified B corporation. Yes. And now you can you help other companies become one of those? Yes, yeah, but let's back up. We talk okay. about here about S corporations. Mm-hmm. Notice how carefully I said that, joke. <laughs> And C corporations. And now, right, Frank, we have B corporations. B, working yes. backwards towards the letter A, I guess. Yeah. What's the difference between all these things? Okay, well, there's. let's start with this um, B Corporation, Mm -hmm. or B Corp for short. So B Corps are, that's a certification for businesses. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that started in 2007. And B Corporations are companies that have been certified to have met um, a rigorous standard of social and environmental performance, mm-hmm. transparency, and accountability. But, but they would form under subchapter C, That's right? separate. They, I'm going to talk about that in a okay, minute. So gotcha. we'll start with the certification. Okay, that, gotcha. that started first. Okay. And actually, that is the only... So if you think about um, B Corp certification is to a business, what lead certification okay. would be for a building or fair trade would be sure. for coffee. So gotcha. it's the only certification. It's global mm-hmm. to certify a business on its social and environmental uh, performance. Mm-hmm. Then um, that started in 2007. Uh, it was launched by this nonprofit, B Lab. They had a parallel track where they wanted to um, help create a new legal entity. Um, so we have S Corp, we have C Corp. Um, they created, they helped um, kind of create this new legislation called a benefit corporation. Mm-hmm. And benefit meaning the benefit that Social the company benefit. provides. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that legislation is done on a state-by-state basis. Right. So they had to go from state to state to state. So now there are 31 states that have benefit corporations. Including California. Including mm. California, exactly. Mm. And there's five in the works. So what benefit? So a benefit corporation is a traditional corporation that has modified obligations to consider its impact, the impact of its decisions on all of its stakeholders, not just its shareholders. And they get tax advantages for being... No tax advantages. No, okay. not yet. Okay. Um, so... Uh, companies that choose to become a benefit corporation are those companies that have a strong social and environmental um, commitment, and they want to protect that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's an obligation piece to it, which means they're legally obligated mm-hmm. to consider their impact, but they're also protected. So as they scale and grow, mm-hmm. they're protected from companies that uh, might want to buy them and maybe change their mission. Mm-hmm. So it provides that sort of protection. Now, benefit corporations have to uh, provide a benefit report once uh, once a year. So they have to produce it, make it public. Mm-hmm. The only state that doesn't require that is Delaware. So it gets a little complicated. If you're, let's say, you're in the chemical business and um, you want to become a B corporation, uh, I, do they make certain standards for different businesses uh, to, to you know, qualify? The legal or the certification piece? I think it's highly unlikely that you would find a um, oil company. Qualifying to, to be certified. Yeah, that, but, uh, what's an example of a really? So let's talk about the B Corp, yeah. the certification, because right. okay. you don't have to be a corporation to be a certified um, B corporation. Right. Okay. So the certification is for any size business, any type of business, and um, it can be. So it's any type of business, mm-hmm. and the performance requirement means that they are assessed on their social and environmental impact in four key areas: governance workers, mm-hmm. employees, and the community. Mm-hmm. So let's pause it right yeah, there okay. on those four thoughts, and we'll come right back with Frank Scarpacci, the Vianova Group, right after this. Hang on. Okay. All right. We are back in the home stretch with Frank Scarpacci from the Vianova Group, helps helping corporations become socially responsible. Where did we leave off with those four points? The four points. Yeah. You want to elaborate on those? Okay. Mm-hmm. So to qualify to be certified, uh, B Corp, you have to meet the performance requirement. And in order to do that, you have to assess your, you have to take a, uh, an assessment of your business. There's actually a free tool that's available to any business. 
It's called the Bee Impact Assessment, and you can go to beeimpactassessment.net. Mm. Um, the, the questionnaire that you fill, it's an online questionnaire. Mm-hmm. When you complete that, it asks you for question, it asks questions on your impact. And like I said, governance, workers, community, and the environment. So mm-hmm. let's use ex- workers, I mean, a community, for example. So your company would be asked if you have, let's say, a workplace volunteer program. Mm-hmm. So you would earn points for having an employee volunteer program. If you offer time off for your employees to volunteer, you get additional points. Mm. And you'll get even more points if you offer paid time off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then on the worker side, it takes a look at you know, the benefits that you offer. Like, Do you offer health benefits to employees below 32 hours or whatever mm-hmm. the standard is? So um, once you complete the survey, you're given a score. Mm-hmm. So your score, you have to achieve a score of 80 out of 200 in order to qualify. Hmm. And it's intended to be rigorous because we want to make sure that, again, we're trying to certify companies. That, Compliance. Sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. this, they, they're um, holding themselves to a, to a higher standard. Mm-hmm. And this is all done through individual states, not... Uh... No, the certification is done through the nonprofit B-Lab. So this is just okay. a certification piece. All right. Remember, you can be a, a sole proprietor, LLC, or a hmm. corporation to be certified. Okay. Benefit Corporation, it's a legal designa- designation to be a corporation for that. All right. So, you want to elaborate on that? Is that a good question now? For or, or do you have a couple of examples of companies and what they've done and how they've done it? Yeah, actually, um, there are there are 1,500 B Corps around the globe. Okay. So, the 42 countries, 130 um, industries. There are 15, or 16, I'm sorry, 16 located here in San Diego. Okay. Three of which are headquartered outside. Um, one well-known brand, retail brand, is Dr. Bronner's, you know, the mm-hmm. soap? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. They just became, they were a benefit corporation, and they guy. were just certified. Okay. So let me give you an example of some of the re- ways that they... He'll be on this sure. show again, by the yeah. way. We've had him oh, on. Good. He's great. Yeah. David, David's wonderful. David's cool. Mm-hmm. So they donate greater than 2% of their sales to charity each okay. year. Uh, 75% of their import, uh, um, input materials are fair trade certified. Um, on the worker side, they pay uh, greater than 25% above living wage for their employees. Mm. <laughs> and I heard it's an amazing place to work. Yeah. The energy there. Escondido uh, or someplace. Uh, yeah. And they cover 100% of the employees' uh, PPO health insurance. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which includes dental, short and long-term disability, domestic partner, civil union, same-sex marriage, spousal benefits, and mm-hmm. life insurance. And the company's doing fabulously well, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And on mm-hmm. the environmental side, greater than 90% of their, 99% of their products are made with certified organic um, ingredients. So mm-hmm. these are some of the things that, you know, um, that you're um, uh, scored on, mm-hmm. these types of... Um, Boy, that's great. Issues. Yeah. Now we have another company called IDEA. They're a marketing and branding firm. They have about 65 employees. Mm-hmm. They gave more than 220,000, again, 65 employees. They gave over um, more than $220,000 and 13 hours of pro bono services to nonprofits mm-hmm. in one year. 86% of their staff volunteered a, a total of 800 hours. Almost, uh, they used almost 40% less paper, uh, printer paper, than mm-hmm. their goal. So they set a goal to reduce their environmental impact. They offset 100 percent of their carbon footprint from commuting and that business travel, and also from office energy. Wow! And that offset that they purchased, they were able to um, protect 192 trees mm-hmm. uh, in a working forest managed by the conservation fund. Oh wow! Yeah. Then they created a wellness committee for their employees to help them with. Um, they have a they have kind of a healthy competition by rewarding staff for, like for example, taking the stairs mm-hmm. up to their fourth floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they have yoga every Monday. Wow! And then they have bike racks. And they have shared bikes and mm-hmm. bike rides in their office. So, mm-hmm. 
Well, yeah. So these are just a couple of examples of local companies. We'll have to get that list from you because we'd probably like to have them on as guests at some point. Yeah, yeah. I, think that, I think there'd be really, really interesting stories. Yeah. What's What's great about the B part of being a B a certified B corporation is your scores and your performance is made public. Mm. So if anybody wants to research any of these companies, they can go to bcorporation.net mm -hmm. and then um, all spelled out. Yeah, bcorporation.net. Mm -hmm. They can search any company. So any company of the fifteen hundred all have profiles on um, on their website. So you can kind of learn. What's great about that is you can not only see what these companies are doing, but if you're a business owner, it might sort of kind of give you some ideas mm -hmm. of things that you could be looking mm -hmm. at for your business. And we should be supporting those businesses. Right, uh, right. You know, and um, also, you know, the B Impact Assessment tool that I told you about, mm -hmm. that is available to any business. So if you, you know, if you, if maybe certification is not for you, that's fine. But you can get a lot of value out of taking that assessment. So was, that was B, B Impact, B Impact Assessment Assessment.net. Okay. Yeah. We're going to get Courtney. We'll get, Again, get, that's made free to any business by B-Lab. We'll get so. these all into the uh, the blog for this mm -hmm. show, right, Richard? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. good information. So, so Frank, what, what kind of companies are inquiring about B-Corps? And I mean, are they do they tend to be newer? Or do they tend to be really well, long-established company? Um, I think it's a, a range, actually. Do you have any um, Fortune As far as a, a startup fort company. Any Fortune 500s? Not yet. Okay. Um, but there is a company called Natura. It's a public company. They were public mm -hmm. and then converted to a... Um, Private. They became a certified B corporation. Oh, okay. They? okay. They're multinational. They're based in uh, Brazil. It's called Natura. N a t u r a. Yep. And then uh, Plum Organic. Um, that's a, a baby food company. Mm -hmm. They were. They are now a wholly owned subsidiary of Campbell's Soup. <laughs> and they were maintained their B Corp um, certification Status, and okay. their benefit corporate. Yeah. So they're. Terrific. Yeah. And then there's, of course, Ben and Jerry's. I wonder if Ballast Point and these uh, breweries are into this at all. <laughs> I don't know, but we need to. We need to talk to them. <laughs> we need to find out. They're up so, to about 120 of those, I think, now. Yeah. So, so with, with certification, you need to be in business at least a year because it's based on your performance. It's not based on where you want to be or aspirational. It's actually based on performance. So, mm -hmm. But I do encourage um, those businesses that are startups to really be looking at this their first year because you want to start baking some of this into the DNA of your business. So mm -hmm. as you grow, you're already thinking this way. Hmm. So it's it's harder to kind of work backwards. It's yeah. better to kind of in, in, you know embed these um, principles into the way you do business. Well, so how do you help companies that are thinking about this with your consulting? What do you do specifically? Well, I help them through this. First of all, I, you know you got to figure out where are you today. So what are you currently doing? I think a lot of companies don't necessarily know that they are doing mm -hmm. some great things. They just mm -hmm. don't. So they haven't really connected the dots. So I help them kind of assess what they're currently doing, and um, help them prioritize what areas they should focus on as far as. Um, improving their impact. Mm -hmm. If they want to be certified, I can kind of bring them through the whole process mm -hmm. to, you know, coming up with their score, finding out how they can improve their score. Let's give your website, and where's your, your website again is the, V-I-A, novagroup.com, and where's your office located, Frank? San Diego. Uh, okay, I mean, yep. what, what part of town? Though? Oh, Hillcrest. Hillcrest, okay, Hillcrest, yeah. wonderful, yeah. wonderful. I want to make sure we got that out there, so. Yeah, and I work with companies, it doesn't matter where they're, I mean, I have a big company in New York that I work with, San mm -hmm. Francisco, Mm -hmm. over, so. so you travel out yourself a little bit, or yeah, yeah. Now, uh, isn't there an event coming up where you're lecturing, or uh, with this American Marketing Association? Yes, thank you tell, for bringing that up. Yeah, it's the Cause Conference, the 2016 Cause Conference. This will be the 18th year. Open to the public, or can anyone? Yes, okay. yes. What dates again? Tell us. About it's uh, May 18th. Mm -hmm. So there's an evening event on May 18th. So okay. a networking event, and then May 19th is the full day conference, mm -hmm. and then May 20th we have a half day boot camp. So company, we haven't figured out what's going to happen during the boot camp yet. We're still sort of in the planning stage, but it might be something like a, 
you know, uh, uh, kind of cause marketing 101, you know, mm-hmm. helping you get started. So mm-hmm. we're very excited be, about that. Where will, it, where will it be held? It'll be at the Crown Plaza, okay. Mission Valley. Okay. Yep. The, and, um, the former to, butcher shop down there. It's my yeah. first shop. I had. I was a bellhop at the Plaza International, Richard. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. I could do a whole show on that. Did a anyway. lot of tips? <laughs> no. No? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so if you're looking, if you're interested in you know, learning about cause marketing, purpose-driven marketing, mm-hmm. purpose-driven mm-hmm. branding, I mean, this is the place to be because we tend to bring in sort of leading-edge you know, topics and information. It's and unfortunate by the time your by the time your conference occurs, there Albie's Beef Inn will be no more because it's closing December twenty third. Mm-hmm. Actually, it closed December twenty third. By the way, because mm-hmm. so uh, anyway, it's right yeah, yeah. right next door to that. So if people need a point of reference, yeah, yeah. But um, well, that's great. That, that should be a wonder. How many people are expecting at that? Uh, we typically have about uh, three hundred. Oh wow, it's yes. a great turnout. Yeah. Super duper. Yeah, super. We're excited about it. We just we're just starting the planning now. So, mm-hmm. so do you think B corporations will proliferate over the next 10 years? Um, yes, actually, I do. Because I, um, you know, if we look at the expectations of um, the millennial mm-hmm. workforce and consumers, they're all driving this movement. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, in fact, Fast Company magazine just came out uh, recently. The ch- they uh, cited 20 moments that uh, in the past 20 years that moved the world forward. Mm-hmm. And they cited B benefit corporations, the rise of the benefit corporation and uh, B-Corps. Oh, oh, wow. Of the Outstanding. That's significant. Thank you very much. Thanks to Larry Kessel and our really guest the first time. Thank you. Too. Frank, thank you for being here. President of the Villanova Group, Frank Sarpacci. Everybody have a happy new year. You got it. Richard, always great seeing you. Thank you to Justin Hart, our sound op- uh, soundboard operator, for making us sound great. Thanks to Craig Blanking, our account executive, and to our programming genius here at KFMB, Dave Sniff. All these shows and podcasts are on iymoney.com. You guys have a great new year, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.